Today's episode of InVibe Life Conversations podcast is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the In Vibe Live podcast with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. By tuning in, you are joining a community that will inspire you to increase balance, wellness, and joy in your life. We'll offer expert information and insightful conversations to help us all on our journey to live more in vibe. For more information and articles, remember to also check out our website at inviblife.com. That's E-N-V-I-B-E-L-I-F-E.com. And we're grateful that you're here. Hi, and welcome to the InVibe Live podcast. You're here with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn, and we have a special guest today. And our special guest is none other than Stephen Dunn, better known as Cheryl's husband, and also a fantastic physical therapist. And he is going to join us today to give us some information on body work, fascia, um, trauma being stored in the body and all sorts of fun topics. And so we're so glad you're here to join us. The first thing I'd like to do is ask Stephen and Cheryl about their practice. You guys have a unique model that you share together with a movement studio and a physical therapy clinic all in one. And you've really developed your own model that other people around the nation are starting to follow. So why don't you guys tell us about that and what it's like to work together? Did that help develop the model or hurt it? And um, take it from there. So we're co-owners of Core Therapy and Pilates. We've been in business for 18 years, roughly? 18, 17 years, almost 15 here in Austin. Yes. And we've worked together the whole time. I feel like working together has kind of really meshed what we do. It, it fell into our laps. Yeah. We weren't looking for it. We weren't searching no, for it. It just worked out. Stephen was a physical therapist. I was into movement. We went through a Pilates certification <laughs> together that was really geared towards um, therapy. And over the years, just as we've worked together, it's evolved into what we do. So I teach Pilates and gyrotonic and gyrokinesis. Steven, he can tell a little bit more about what he does. Yeah, I'm a physical therapist for 21 years now and got exposed to Pilates back in 2002. And Cheryl and I went through our training together to get certified. And it basically taught me to look at the body holistically. It got her out of working in the corporate world and it got us working together without really a plan of that at all. It was just kind of, again, by it all kind of fell into our laps. And once we started kind of building our business together, people would see me for PT. I was incorporating uh, Pilates into their their physical therapy sessions. When insurance was cutting them off, then they would move over and work with Cheryl and, and start a Pilates program with her. So it's kind of like, how do we how do we work within the system, but figure out a way to get people better longer term because the system didn't allow them to get as better as we wanted them to. And what we discovered by people incorporating both what he does manually through physical therapy and what I do through the movement, people were getting better for longer periods of time. 
they were getting better quicker, we were seeing just better results than just regular traditional PT. And so that's really now our foundation and kind of mandatory if you really want to get better and go through our practice, it's kind of the commitment we're asking of the patient that you're willing to not only lie on the table and get some of the manual work that we're going to go into more in a second, but you're also willing to do the work, you know, do the homework, do the exercise, do the homework, whether it's release or exercise, whatever it is, it's just, we need a little bit more involvement from the patient than I would say a typical physical therapy setting would ask. So in physical therapy studios that incorporate movement, but maybe more traditional lifting weights, mm-hmm. doing traditional exercises, how Therapians. would this be different than it's, that? It's more of a lifestyle. You know, when people learn to be aware with Pilates, learn to be aware with gyrotonic exercise, it's it's a way to, to take from the hour in here and apply it to their regular life. Um, it, the traditional PT stuff that I did prior to this, it didn't translate into anybody's life. It was like they could do the work then and there, but they didn't necessarily stand up taller. They didn't necessarily throw the ball better. They they might have gotten and made improvements in PT, but it was like in PT, that was it. When they left and went outside of their PT was here, they were now in their life. And we created something that's like you apply what we teach you to your life. We apl- you apply this to playing your sport. You apply this to sitting at the computer. You apply Pushing this to the whatever. grocery cart, holding your children, exactly. waiting in line at Starbucks. I mean, all those things that you really take this mindfulness and apply it to what you might think is the mundane things that happen throughout your day, but you really start to incorporate the thought process that we're asking you to bring into your life. To be aware. Yeah, be aware. So at In Vibe Life, we talk a lot about balance and balance between the mind and the body and the spirit. Has this been something you've seen in this practice too? When you say you're incorporating it into every part of your life, that just brings to me everything pulls together. How do you see that in your practice? Well, I think that's why it's easy for us to work together because we're all we're both coming from that same place of 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 that. So it's easy to work together. She's doing her thing, chasing her passion here. I'm doing my thing, and I'm in my room, and she's out there. And we, we cross paths, but we're not necessarily right. in each other's That makes it easy to work with yourself. <laughs> and we're, we're not in the same room together very much. Mm-hmm. We're, not, you know, we're not necessarily in each other's space. Um, but we're both doing our thing, and our things cor- correlate with each other. Um, and I think I'm getting off a little, a little Off of what there. your question yeah. was, yeah. like how we incorporate balance. Um, that's probably what we're asking of our patients is that I don't, if I give you an exercise, I don't want the effort to be a 10, like you're working so hard. I want it to be a two. A two is realistic. And when I mean that, I'm talking 10 effort levels, mm-hmm. you know, versus a two effort level. That too will sustain you all day so that your posture first thing in the morning is as good as your posture is in the evening when you're at home with your family cooking dinner. Two is going to maintain you. Ten is going to poop you up quickly. And so I feel like the balance between what we do, like that's me in my realm and what I teach, but the balance is incorporating the fascial work that Stephen does to the movement work that I do and that those find a nice balance, that you can't just do one. Because some people want to just do one. Because don't get me wrong, if Steven's gentle with his facial work, it's a very like relaxing hour, I would say. And that might be great just to come in and lay down on the table and have that kind of work done. But at the end of the day, if you don't evolve past that and 
get up off of that table and, mm. and move, all that work he's done isn't really going to sustain you. You have to strengthen in this new place that he's put you. And that's the balance between what he does and what I do, making those work together. And then also educating the patient enough that they understand that that has to be part of their commitment. Yeah, because some people only want to do the release work and they don't really get beyond the point. And some people only want to do exercise. Yeah, some people only they, want to exercise. And they and they they don't want to come in and see me for two or three visits just to get everything balanced mechanically, uh, biomechanics, um, their fascia as loose as possible. But teach them some ways to manage that on their own. And I find that <clears throat> when someone only wants to do one or the other, it's very natural to have that one. There's where the imbalance sets in. Somebody who only wants to do exercise, maybe they have a harder time shutting their brain down and getting the benefit of quieting the mind and really letting Stephen do his work or do the release work. Receiving. Yes, totally. They right. have a hard time with that. Mm -hmm. And then the person and that... And letting go. And letting go. Oh, and the person that only wants to see Stephen that doesn't want to be me, they're afraid sometimes to kind of push themselves to see if it's okay. And so they have a hard time with the other side of what the brain wants to hijack us. It's do. all about balance. It's all about balance. Mm -hmm. So you've both talked a lot about fascia and we hear it all over the place now. When I met you guys 10 years ago or more, I think this was one of the first places I heard about fascia. I'd done some foam rolling and myofascial release, so I kind of knew what it was, but not really. And then I've been educated over the years and learned how powerful it is, and it, it's really something that you've devoted your career. For sure, and, and with fascia, it's a thing where it, it taught me to be whole, to look holistic at the holistically at the body. And so when I was doing hands-on treatment, looking at the whole body, Pilates in the gyrotonic world made a lot sense because they were moving the whole body and so from a standpoint of kind of what she said if we were if we release certain things release the fascia and then we strengthen the fascia with whole body movement they really work well together but with fascia for me i i kind of went down a very traditional path my first five years and i wasn't getting people better and i was pretty frustrated and i did all the evidence-based stuff that i was supposed to do the stuff that gave me a bunch of acronyms behind my name but it didn't necessarily wasn't helping the people and so I kept hearing about, in my evidence-based world, um, the people that I was spending a lot of money to take these courses and get certified, they would, they would spend five or 10 minutes making fun of this guy every single course. And I kept writing his name down. And I'm like, why are they continuing to talk about this guy? But by them continuing to talk about this guy, eventually, when I was frustrated with what I was learning in the evidence-based world, I went and studied with this guy. And his, game, his name is John Barnes. And I'd heard a little bit about fascia prior to him from another guy named Alan Weissman, so another physical therapist. But Alan's a guy that's been kind of doing his own little thing in a small little circle, and John's got a big tribe. And John's the guy that coined the word myofascial release. So John F. Barnes, myofascial release is kind of his is, I guess, trademarked word now. But anyway, that's where I really dove into the world and I'd already been exposed to Pilates, so I was starting to look at the whole body with strengthening. So if someone had a shoulder injury, I was strengthening their core, but I wasn't addressing their fascial restrictions or their this, their imbalances. And then I started realizing, well, damn, if I'm gonna strengthen their core, they need to be in as good a mechanical position as possible. So John Barnes' world kind of taught me off, we look at the whole body and, and, and again get everything in balance 
and then Pilates strengthened all that boom it was what merged it together but John is the guy that for about 50 years has been talking about fashion and now for the so last, let's go to the yeah, 101 too yeah. what, what is, is fashion yeah so most people don't know a lot of people throw it around so, and kind of know it exists yeah. but don't so fascia is basically like a three-dimensional spider web in our body. And it's kind of the space. It, it takes up all the space. So we've got muscles, we've got bones, we've got organs, we've got all these things in our body. Well, here's a here's an organ. Well, fascia surrounds it. Well, and it goes in it. Totally. It goes through it. It goes in it. It, it surrounds it. It's three-dimensional. It's not like, it's not linear. It's totally three-dimensional. And so and here's a muscle. It surrounds it. Here's a nerve, it surrounds it. Here's an, or, an organ, whatever, it, it's surrounded internally. So here's your bone, here's a muscle around it. The fascia will go through the muscle, through the bone. So it's not something that only is like superficial. And, and talk about your um, experience with the cadaver, because that helps people too. Yeah, so with in, in PT school, um, my cadaver experience, this was 1996, and I'm pretty sure it's pretty much the same now, but actually I don't think they do with cadavers. It's all like online and stuff now. But in, in 96, we had a cadaver, and what they told me to do was get the fascia out of the way. So you could clearly see a layer of the fascia when you were dissecting. You could not see it intertwining into the muscle or the bone until you started digging in. But there was this layer of skin that they wanted, or this layer of tissue that they like, get it out of the way. And we literally filled up a five gallon bucket of, of fascia from a 130, 40 pound man, skinny dude. And you can see that when you're cutting a chicken. That little white, yeah. little silvery. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. It's that translucent kind of material. Um, and that's what fascia is. So, and, or if you look at an orange and you cut an orange in half, and it's kind of like what you know holds yeah. that orange together. If it's you bite in, and it's all in like veins. Yes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you bite into an orange, what happens? Fluid. So right. the next step with fascia is that it contains fluid. So it's a bunch of microtubules that allow fluid to pass. So when fascia is bound down and tight and restricted, it doesn't allow the fluids to go through. So that's the reason fascia causes trouble. So fascia, when, you know, here's a nerve, all of a sudden that fascia binds down on it. It's thousands, like 2,000 PSI or something. I think that's the proper... Measuring. Uh, yeah, me yeah, yeah, measuring. Measure measure the amount of pressure that's it, put It's tremendous. It's tremendous. Because and so... Mm -hmm, water. Mm -hmm. And we've all heard we're 70% water, right? Right. Well, the fascia is our cup. It's not our bones. It's not our skin. It's the fascia. And if you removed our bones and you removed our skin, we would hold our form just like we are. Wow. Because the fascia is in the skin, too. That's amazing. Does that make sense? It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's almost like a shadow self. It, yeah, it, it's all, like but, your yeah. soul, kind of. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's been neglected for for all of medicine until recently. And it how does it intertwine with the neurological system? Well, it okay. surrounds the brain, it surrounds the nerves, it's, it's But it carries messages, doesn't it? it, it or it, trans it, it, it's, when, when, the, when it's open, the fluids are flowing. Okay. When, and so, yes, it is communicating. When it is closed down or restricted, that fluid is not, not working. That so fluid is not going for where it should throughout the body. So if somebody was in, like, a car wreck, mm -hmm. that's trauma. Correct. Immediate trauma to the fashion. Yes. So the whole body, that, the fascia, but the fascia remembers would, it. Remembers the fascia it. remembers yes. it. Yes. Yeah. It and takes so, a snapshot. So like when you when you go through a, a trauma, let's say you're getting whiplashed around, you're you're you will typically check out to protect yourself. You know, your yes. body will just kind of like zone Mentally. out. Your, your conscious brain. brain. Yeah, exactly. yeah, your yes, conscious brain. Your, your conscious brain will be out. But your your fascia fascia will go through this this whole like twisting, contorting and whatnot. 
And it'll take a snapshot of that, and it'll either choose to do one of two things, process it right then or there, which is rare, or it'll go into, go into a fight or flight, or what we now know a lot about is a freeze response. Whereas back in the day when I was in school, we only talked about fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So this freeze response is where someone kind of gets stuck for this in between these for a long, long, long time. And that's where I see with people with car accidents is that they're stuck in this fight or flight response with... Let's say they're in. There's. Let's say they're in fight. Adrenaline's pumping. We can't live on adrenaline, and you will be exhausted. So people will get diagnosed with chronic fatigue and adrenal disorders and things like that because adrenaline's just pumping all the time from a traumatic experience. And maybe back from when they were a kid. Maybe back from two days ago. Maybe who knows in between. And so then there's the other side of it of we're gonna flight. So we're not fighting. We're gonna flight. Well, that's just gonna cortisol. So cortisol is dumping into the brain. So we've got adrenaline versus cortisol. And then freeze is something different. And I don't know it well enough to talk about, but there's a whole lot of... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to talk too much about the actual freeze. But... I know, you were talking about it. I was like, whoa, this is a new one. <laughs> but the freeze is, is what people are talking about now. And I don't I don't understand it as much because it's new. It's a newer thing. But that it's kind of like, are you stuck? To me, my perception is, are you stuck in one or the other? And if you're stuck in one or the other, you froze in one or the other, then that's going to dictate your life. That's going to dictate everything. When you wake up from the moment. Oh, and it won't just it. dictate that shoulder hurting. It mm-hmm. will... Everything. 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 <laughs> Completely. And until the fascia... and the, uh, the, until, the, until you unconsciously let go of that fascial holding pattern, you won't heal. You won't get well. And you'll continue to hold on to, to that. Not, in, not on your own. Not, 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 on, not on purpose. It's totally unconscious. And so once someone, once that fascia releases, and this is where it gets kind of weird because people will move and shake and it looks kind of like they're having seizures and it's totally normal and natural, but it like... From cry. Some, some people cry. Cry, voice things. It, it, it's all kind of stuff. And it's kind of, it's kind of, sh- it's kind of shocking. Um, I'll tell you a quick story about a girl that was kind of, she kind of blew my mind. She was in a car wreck. She was young, 20s, young 20s. Um, and she got in a car wreck in another state three weeks earlier. Came home, lived here, but was in school, uh, college at another state. For three weeks, didn't know her name, didn't know her parents, didn't know, don't know where she was. She was completely out of it from her accident. And when she came in and I spoke to her, she had no idea. She couldn't answer my questions. Like, she was completely out of it and she sat here on the end of this table this exact table we're on right now and I just started doing some fascial cranial work cranial work by addressing the fascial system because um, John has taught me to work on all the structures in the brain the skull that will affect the nervous system as much as we can through the fascia so I start working on her and within about two minutes it looks like she's having a balloon seizure and her mom was like totally like freaking out and I was told I don't know how I played played it off like I played it to her mom like I'm like just chill and mm-hmm. it's all good and so the mom was just kind of like this and the daughter literally just kind of fell from sitting on my table to laying on my table and then she twisted on her side and then she twisted on her other side and then she kind of curled up in a ball and then she woke up I'm holding her in a certain position the whole time and but she is actually going Maybe. through the movement that she went through in a car accident so all of a sudden she is on my table going her body is revisiting what she checked out at that moment three weeks earlier mm-hmm. she looked at me and said 
who are you? Where the hell am I? She had no idea where she was, but she was now back. And from that moment on, I didn't really need to do anything else. She was, she was, good. She was fine. And, Isn't it crazy? And, and, it's, and, it's, and it's weird, but if she was with it, she wouldn't have, her body, if she was with, if she was too, you know, if you know someone's in or out of that consciousness, if she was in a normal place, she wouldn't have let herself go there. Mm-hmm. But because she was stuck in this place and her body was out of, she was out of it, she she didn't hold herself back. Mm-hmm. She let herself go. And again, it was two or three minutes of, of actual, like, me holding her and then, like, two or three minutes of her, like, convulsing, we'll say. And then she walked out of here and was like, good. She came in two, three days later. She says, what do you mean, dude? Don't do that crap again. <laughs> but she That's was to- not an uncommon response <laughs> but, but either. She was, but she was totally, like, she was totally, like, we were done. I didn't, you know, she had a little pain, aches and pains, but... She was just stuck in a place that, and, that, and everyone wanted to medicate her, but she wouldn't even like she wouldn't even she couldn't even answer questions because she was stuck in this place that her fascia had held her in, and no matter what anyone talked to her about, no matter what she saw or did, mm-hmm. until her body physically went through that, that was what she needed to kind of get out of the broken record. And, that, and and I've had a handful of those those stories, and I don't have many, but I have a handful in there. But I remember every one of them, and I remember all those people forever. And that's your evidence. So and I don't, and, and so there's not a lot of evidence to support any of what I just talked about. But I don't care because that is someone that got better that I would have never helped if I wouldn't have been willing to look at her from a factual standpoint instead of a human who was like stuck in this psychosis or this you know needed to be in a freaking shrink, seeing shrink mm-hmm. numbing. But every other PT in the world would have, not in the world, but most PTs would have said, you need anything I can do with you. I'm not going to touch you. And I had nothing to do so with So do you think help. more and more caregiver, mm-hmm. caregivers will start to look at fascia and this more holistic approach to healing? Or do you think a lot of people are just scared to go there? I think they will because of evidence is starting to shift. And they're starting to support it a little bit. And a few years ago, in like 15 or 16, I think. Now there's a whole fashion conference. Yeah, and that's been going on since the late 90s. That's what was cool about talking to Carol Davis. Um, That fashion congress has been going on since like the late, late 90s. I think 98 or 97, I can't remember exactly. Um, But there's there's people that meet from all over the world now that share their uh, evidence. Uh, There's a hand surgeon in France named Gombierto. Jean-Claude Gombierto. He is a French hand surgeon, and, he, and if you Google uh, or look up on YouTube, strolling under the skin, that's his. Um, and you can his, see uh, the water on the. Maybe we can put a link to that. So, uh, yeah. And and what what his uh, stuff shows is that you go under the skin and you see live fascia versus what I saw was dead fascia back when I was in school, which was just this layer of stuff to get out of the way. Now you're seeing it live, and it's this three-dimensional network of cells, and you can see the water. You can the, the damn uh, camera gets fogged over, like like it's like it's it's wet. You know, he has to pull it out and wipe it off because of the, the, the moisture, and it's not like a blood moisture. It's like, and you can see the capillaries or the arteries and the vet, the blood veins with the fascia going around it, going through it. And I'll share with our listeners that I've seen this video and it is fascinating and it completely changes the way you view everything about your body and the majesty of what's going on. And so we will really look for this 
and try to link under this yeah. podcast in the notes. We'll try to link that, and it's worth your time. It is. If you've got a few minutes, it's worth your time to check it out. Mm-hmm. And so and so that's kind of something that, because of people like him, uh, Tom Myers wrote anatomy trainings. There's all these posters behind me. He's actually a rolfer and a massage therapist who, because of his study of fascia, has really gained, a, he's one of the top you know, authorities on it. Whereas back in the day, someone who was a massage therapist would have never been able to gain up in the ranks, but he's been bucking the system teaching fascia, and now people are, are, are starting to say, hey, there's something to it. But a few years ago, science, modern science, mm-hmm. said there's a new organ called the interstitium. So if you look up the mm-hmm. interstitium, it'll be, and I've done blogs on it, mm-hmm. and they've basically named fascia an organ. And they've called it the interstitium, which is the interstitium space. It's a space between the layers. Um, and my teacher's kind of like, well, it's cool that they're, they're calling it something. It's not really an organ, but it is. They're, they're acknowledging that it's something more than just useless cartilage or useless, useless connective tissue that we need to get out of the body. So people are starting to study without being embalmed or without the, like they're, they're called fresh cadavers now where, They've got all their blood. They've got all their fascia. It's all intact, and it's, and it's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would love to do it. This is why I'm not I, a I, 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 I would love to do it. No but, way. Like, but an embalmed cadaver, or whatever that process they take them through right. to go through it's that, different. it's very different. It's there's no blood. There's no, you know, it's just it's like roast beef. You know, it's layers of roast beef. You don't eat roast beef sandwiches. But anyway. So, so the science is starting to come around, and and like John has worked with you know many 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 people. I think he's worked with like you know, ninety to one hundred thousand people over the course of his fifty year career of teaching, and he's working with PTs, OTs, MDs, only a few, osteopaths, only a few, some nurses, some speech therapists, people who aren't even movement people therapists. people who don't even t- aren't, don't have a license to touch. Mm-hmm. They come to learn my word. Mm-hmm because it's powerful, because it's working the whole body, and it is working the mind, it is working. And when I say working, it's not like working out, working the mind. It's like letting go of some holding patterns. Mm-hmm. Now, John's a pretty interesting dude, mm-hmm. and uh, he says we all are traumatized the moment we enter the world. He says we're a bowling ball, and we're shoved through a garden hose when we're born. And he goes, that's traumatic on both sides. And that's the tra- that's a trauma to a mama, and that's a trauma to a baby that just happens right away that no one addresses. And so he's really interesting and talking to him and listening to him. And I've taken five or six courses with him now all over the world, actually. It's it's been pretty fun. Um, But he's just amazing. And Stephen did fascia work on our children. On my kids, on my dog. Um, And that was kind of sad. Kids are interesting. And I had an old dog, my old boxer, when I was working with John first courses, I kind of was, I wasn't really getting it. You know, I'd taken two courses with him. This is my second course. We were here in Austin. First course was in the Bahamas. And when we, he's like, man, go home and work on your dog. And he goes, and I said, what do I do? He goes, just do the technique. Do what we've been doing in class for the last two days. Like, you don't have to have a plan. Just pick something. Do something. And my dog had had two ACL surgeries on both knees. And she wouldn't let me touch her. Like, she wouldn't let me touch her. And I started working on her psoas. I started doing some of the uh, release work on the psoas. And all of a sudden, she totally relaxed. And she just laid there, and she kind of gave me her leg and set me her, set her leg in the arm. And so I was able to do things that I would she never let me do before because all of a sudden, through tapping into her fascial system, she totally relaxed. When I used to go touch her knee, which had surgery, she went into that fear mode. She went into that, like, uh-uh. and that last time, 
there's a trauma having surgery. There's a trauma of that knife going into her knee. You know, we're 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 under, but our body feels it. Our fascia feels it. Our fascia knows it. So, right. so that's another trauma that we all have, whether it's some kind of surgical, you know, I had my appendix out, I had Lasix done. Those are all traumatic to your fascia because guess what's being affected? Your eye has fascia around it. So it's, it's everywhere. And it's slowly creeping into a bigger picture and people are understanding it because the yoga world understands it. The Pilates world understands it. So it's kind of in that more alternative world. But my teacher, John, says it's not about alternative. It's about authentic healing. And so if you can authentically let go and let your fascia let go, you're going to feel better. But then I believe, and he doesn't believe this, you need to move and get strong and change that. But he says if you unwind, your body, that's the movement he facilitates. That's a different type of move. I don't. I don't get people to do that as much as he does. Mm-hmm. So does that makes sense. Yes. I don't know if you listeners hear this or not, but if you hear this random snoring, it's <laughs> <laughs> not me. <laughs> we have a boxer that just likes to sit right here behind us, and you know, it's this underlying snore. She's very relaxed. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is the Anatomy Trains book with Tom Myers that I think is a, a must read. We can also link that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. This is a book uh, from Carol Davis, who's a um, PhD and a PT that teaches been teaching in PT schools for years. I think her new model is called comp- I'm sorry, integrative therapies. And then this is um, this is more for clinicians, but John Barnes is my fascial release book. He has a book called Healing Ancient Wounds and another book that's out for, I can't remember the name of it, that's for the general public. But those are the like the people in my world that that I study with, and they can go into much greater detail. I've tried to keep it fairly layman's terms, but Perfect. with some science. In this what has we're been a about. great introduction for us. And I mean, honestly, we're almost at the end of our um, podcast now, and there's so much more we totally. could talk right, about. So we'll right. just have to table some of the one. deeper discussions. This is yeah. part one, because there's so many ways that you can integrate this knowledge into your life. It's really not just for the clinician totally. or totally. the master trainer. Everyone can use this. So we'll you know, maybe do a part two here coming up shortly. And we have a couple things we want to ask everyone who um, comes onto our podcast. And so we'll start with you, Cheryl. I will let you you, (laughs) ask uh, you. Okay. So how do you incorporate balance into your life or what does that look for you? Or the one thing you do daily that helps you balance? The one thing I do daily is listen to music. And, and kind of use whether I'm in here working with people, uh, whether I'm home and I'm plugged into my earphones. And what I don't do daily, but I do as much as I can, is I go see live music. And by and I know you don't like see live music, <laughs> so I go without it. Um, I go with friends or I go by myself. Um, but by going to see live music, it's a um, it's a common place where you don't just see or hear; you feel. The vibration you feel it on a on you feel it in your fascia you feel it in your body you feel it in your soul whatever you want to call that um, so to me that's something that I do not as not as much as I like to but I do it as much as I can um, but daily I'm listening to music if uh, in here when I'm when I'm working and that's a way for me to kind of ground myself and kind of balance myself so fascinating I'm gonna put you on the spot okay I'm gonna, no, no okay good. Good. Do you, do you want to be? No, I don't. Okay. We have a whole podcast about what yeah, we view as balance. Totally. So, 
Um, all right, I'm going to take it one step further. Because of your profession and your clinic, and I'll ask this to you jointly, what do you recommend to your students, your patients, or what would you say is one thing or maybe a couple key things you would give to them um, to take into their lives to incorporate more balance or more wellness? I think just trying to be mindful and trying to be mindful when you sit because of sitting is just the most common problematic thing where we collapse and have so much trouble. So I think if you can create a mindfulness and awareness with sitting. So body awareness. Exa exactly. And that body awareness comes from mental awareness to actually understand if you're sitting correctly or sitting poorly. Um, so I think that's something, and that's what I do professionally with every person who comes in the door, try to help them understand their posture and be aware of if they're here or if they're here or if they're swaying their back or if they're flattening their back. Um, and it's not an easy tip. Like that's an overall, like that's what I'm trying to help everyone. That's, that's my mission and passion. But that tip is broken into many, many, many steps and everyone has different steps and a different like map to get there like here's a common path right like this this is a common path we take everyone through but everyone has different road you know, tangents and or we'll say ways little, to get there yeah exactly okay. little, little cul-de-sacs over here little little roadblocks over there it's like we're all to headed final. to san antonio but there are many ways to get to san antonio <laughs> from austin yeah, right that's, that's a good point so, uh, but I think some are really blocked up. <laughs> exactly. It might take you a really long time to get there and it might be quick, you know, but I, I, to answer that question too, mindfulness, that's mm -hmm. my number one goal is just when somebody can become aware and mindful of where they are, where they're headed, where they have been, where they want to go. That's the first step of healing and just taking control and making that their goal and their passion to, you know, get to where they want to be. Beautiful. And so hopefully everyone can find someone like you in their lives. And here at InVibe Life, we will do our best yeah. to help as we all continue on this journey together. So thank you so much, yeah, Stephen, for, sure. for being here thank with you. us. That was fun. Thanks for having me. And again, I told you at the beginning, you're going to talk about this for a long time. <laughs> I was like, 30 minutes is going to go by like It went that. by so fast. Yeah, awesome. so much fun. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, we'll do it again for Great. sure. All right. Thank you for listening to the In Vibe Life podcast. For more information and to join our community, be sure and check out our website at www.invibelife.com. We look forward to sharing with you.